What's up, world? I go by the name of Jabari. Another Monday, another Words with Friends podcast. We've been gone for a little bit, been a little busy, traveling a lot, had a lot of stuff to do, but uh, I'm glad that you guys are listening, glad that you guys are back, and we have a very special guest today. But as always, you guys know we have to do a little business first. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, if you guys want to keep supporting the podcast and make sure it happens, you can donate as little as a dollar to the podcast. Go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash Jabari, and show your support with as little as a dollar tip for the podcast. All right, now that that's out the way, today we have Zim. I'm going to butcher your last name, so you, you're going to have to, <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to say it to these people and introduce yourself, but we have Zim from Travel Noir. Introduce yourself, Zim. Let everybody okay. know what you do. So my name is Zim Ugochukwu. I am the founder and CEO of Travel Noir. Um, it is a digital publishing platform, and we create tools and resources for the unconventional traveler. Um, so that is what we do. Nice, nice. And I mean, Zim is, of course, traveling right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, let, let me know where you're at. I know you're in Greece right now, but, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about why you're there and, you know, uh, what your, what your uh, Airbnb situation is like, because I know you had some crazy, some crazy stuff going on today. Yeah, so I'm in Athens. I came here um, on Wednesday and uh, I was, you know, trying to find my way to my uh, second Airbnb and uh, there was a hailstorm mm. and, you know, I was just walking around, minding my own business, had my little rinky dink umbrella from Brazil. And that umbrella just got inverted, turned inside out, almost blown down the street. I had all my electronics in my open bag. And so I had to like huddle down on the ground with my broken umbrella over my bag while it was hailing like nobody's business. Water was flooding the streets, cars on down the road, et cetera. So it was supposed to take me, you know, 30 minutes, took me two hours, and my Airbnb host had to come and rescue me, which is fine. You know, I'm here for a uh, conference, so okay. it's work, work, um, but I get to uh, see some of the really, really cool regions of Greece starting um, on Sunday, so I'm really excited about that. Nice. Yeah. Now, you know, when you, when you travel and stuff like that happens and it's unexpected, you know, do you... Do you get upset or does it mess up your experience? Or, you know, how do you handle those challenges? Just like little basic life challenges. Because when something like that happens in your home, it's one thing. But when it happens in your, you know, in a whole other country where people speak a different language, it could multiply the, the, the problem. Oh, yeah. You know, every city that I go to, no matter if it's in the U.S. or if it's abroad, I always get lost. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it really is all about perspective. When I'm hungry, I'm a little bit more angry. <laughs> and if I'm, if I'm not, if I'm, you know, if I'm getting lost, I've, I've, I'm here by myself. So that's another thing. So I'm a solo African-American woman traveling in a foreign country by herself. It really is all about perspective. And I, you know, I couldn't help but giggle inside when I was caught up in the hailstorm because... In my head, I'm like, man, this will make a great story for my kids one day. Mm -hmm. um, and and it, it really is all about perspective. And yes, you can get frustrated, but at the end of the day, are you going to get any closer to the destination that you're trying to get to? 
The answer is no. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, you got to take things like that with a grain of salt. Uh, it's what makes travel exciting, those unexpected moments. I mean, here in Greece, the script is completely different. And I've taught myself to read some of the characters. So, I mean, obviously the Greek alphabet is, you know, you have your deltas, your sigmas, your all those things that are that I've been familiar with most of my life. Um, it's really cool to see some of that stuff put into action. So when I am lost, I'm at least able to, you know, read some signs and try and figure my way out. Yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, how how did you grow up? And was it, uh, was it, were you were you traveling a lot, you know, in your childhood? Um, is that what sparked this movement, or you know, was it was it something that you always wanted to do? Yeah. Well, so I flew on my first plane by myself when I was nine. Uh, and then I flew two more times by myself uh, before I was 12. Um, so I did a lot of uh, solo travel, as, as weird as that sounds, <laughs> before I was the age of 12. Um, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that my mom was a single mom and she couldn't be everywhere that we were all the time. So she, you know, we grew up with that sort of independent spirit. Um, and, you know, in college, I was the vice president of a uh, anti-tobacco organization. So we did a lot of traveling around the U.S. to different high schools and middle schools and talked to young people about um, tobacco. And I, you know, at the same time, I started my own organization. So I was doing a lot of traveling in college. I had to write a lot of absentee notes and, and all that good stuff. But travel had always been, at, at some point, you know, a part of my life, a big part of my life. And um, when I graduated college, I sold everything that I owned and I moved to India. I got an opportunity to move to India. And um, so I, I, I obviously I hopped on that opportunity. And uh, now what, you know, what I mean, we, I know we've spoken about this before, but explain what was that opportunity, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, it was the Henry Luce Scholars Program. Um, and so Henry Luce was the founder of Time Magazine, Sports Illustrated. He was a publisher, big publisher. And he grew up in China. His parents were missionaries. And when he returned back to the U.S., he realized how important his time in China was to his publishing career. So when he died, he left all of his money to a foundation in his name, the Henry Luce Foundation. And they work with Asian nations to facilitate the cultural exchange between America and uh, Asian countries. And out of that foundation is the Henry Luce Scholars Program. So you have uh, every year they choose 15 to 18 young people who are doing really cool things in different fields. And they let them choose their countries and let them choose their placements. Um, and they sent them there for a year, all expenses paid. They pay a salary. Um, it, it was the best year of my life. I mean, I was in India. I did a lot of traveling. I, me and another fellow, we went to almost every country in Asia. Wow. <laughs> While, you know, some of the other uh, fellows were more sort of attentive to their, their job placements. Um, my job placement and the other fellow that I traveled with, our sort of fell through. So our... Um, advisors encouraged us to travel. And so, you know, it was, we were literally being paid this American salary to travel in India, which is dirt cheap, or Cambodia, yeah. or, you know, Indonesia, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when you get to places like that, right, India, Cambodia, Indonesia, you know, I mean, number one, people don't look like you, right? So when you get there, 
how, how do you adapt to the culture? How do you, you know, how do you even communicate with people when they're speaking a completely different language? And how do you, you know, sort of live your life there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so um, in India, I was fortunate enough to, uh, and I worked, you know, relatively hard. I learned Hindi. I learned to speak and I learned to read and write. Wow. And, uh, how long that did that helped- take? Uh, reading Hindi probably took me hmm, probably a couple months. Mm. Speaking, um, speaking. So one of the cool things about Hindi is that if you don't know a noun, you can always say it in English because English is a national language in India. And, um, that, you know, speaking is, is always ongoing. It's always ongoing. Um, but a lot of times when, people would try to mess with me or the auto rickshaw drivers would try to mess with me and always yell at them in Hindi. And they'd have this just shocked, <laughs> you know, just, they were, they would just be shocked. I mean, this black girl is out here speaking Hindi, speaking my language. So it was really interesting. So that was one thing that I was really adamant about was, was learning the local language. Yeah. And, um, you know, India is also a place of stairs. You know, they will stare at you and it's just a part of the culture and it's not out of malice. It's not out of, you know, malintent or anything like that. It's just a curiosity. But, you know, if you're being stared at at every single turn and every time you do something, somebody's watching you, it gets annoying really fast. People would be like two centimeters away from my face with their phones because they'd be interested in taking pictures. People will take side pictures, like like hold their phone up to the side and like. (sighs) try to snap you to snap a picture of you like being like you know so it was it it was a lot to get used to I always say that my time in India prepared me for any country in the world um just because there was a lot that could happen on a daily basis like you know India is just one of those places as far as um other cultures uh if I didn't speak the language so for instance in China China I was in rural China, didn't speak a lick of Chinese, and the, obviously the characters are different. So even if you have the address of something, if it's written in, a, in, Roman, uh, in the Roman alphabet, so your A, B, C, D, E, F, G, yep. uh, your average Chinese person can't read that because they're, they're, they read Chinese characters. So even when I'd get lost, I could show them a map, and if the street was in Roman characters, they wouldn't know what I was talking about. Um, And so a lot of what I did was a lot of sign language. And obviously, I don't know sign language. I'm not certified at all. But, you know, it it was one of those things. It was one of those, like, fun, you know, everybody can understand, you know, motions. If you say I'm hungry and you put food to your mouth. I remember uh, me and a friend were trying to get gas for our scooter. And the lady had no idea what we were talking about. We went into the store, some grocery store, and we were like, hey, we need gas for our scooter. We're going to, you know, our scooter's going to die. And she looked at me like, what? (laughs) So I had to run outside and I had to point to the gas tank. I had to fake like I was putting gas in the tank. And I had to sit on on the bike and pretend to rev it up. So it was like this whole, like, intricate kind of production but it was a lot of fun and you know it it gets local smiling when they see that you're actually trying to make an effort and so it's it's you know people come to me all the time they're like well what if i don't know the language i'm scared of getting lost um and what i say to that is prepare yourself if you know that when you land at the airport you need to be in that place map uh, map quest use google maps beforehand and you know map that situation out but even coming to greece I don't know how to say anything. I don't know how to say 
thank you. I don't know how to say hello. I don't know. I, I'm one of those kinds of travelers that just likes to dive in. Mm, yeah. um, some people like to get guidebooks. Some people like to get um, phrase books or things like that. And I think I've gotten to the point where, you know, a lot of things can be thrown at me and I, I won't like, you know, I'll still be able to manage. So. Wow. Now, okay. So, you know, you, you mentioned something that I want to talk about a little bit is, uh, you know, when people, people I'm sure ask you for advice, I mean, whether it's people that you know, people that are coming through the site, through social media, because you know how, because of how much you travel. Now, a big thing I'm sure that people say is like what you said is people are scared and they might say, well, I, I, you know, giving a whole bunch of excuses on why they can't do it. And, you know, the fear starts to creep in on, on why you can't or why people don't want to travel. What are, what are some of the, the biggest fears you think that people have? when it comes to, you know, traveling, uh, especially abroad? Well, I think there are th three main ones. Um, one is the fear of traveling alone. Mm -hmm. um, the second is the fear of finances. And the third is um, time off. Uh, uh, if I yeah. take time off of work to go travel and I get back, are they going to fire me? How do I get more vacation days? Et cetera, et cetera. So those are some of the top three uh, fears that I've found sort of hold people back. Yeah. And in, in America, we have the worst uh, vacation time, you know, out of like Listen. all developed nations. It's, it's insane. We get the two I, weeks and that's it. It's, it's that's like, it. That's it. I was uh, actually on a plane from Rome here to Athens and I was sitting next to an Australian woman. And no matter where in the world you are, you can be in the jungle. You will find yourself beside an Australian at some point during your journey. This lady um, is a correction uh, facilities officer. She gets seven weeks of paid vacation wow. plus four weeks of sick vacation or sick, sick leave, paid sick leave. So that's a total of 11 weeks. That's almost three months of um, vacation. Wow. And, you know, I was sitting in my seat like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, here we are in the U.S. trying to maximize every little day that we can uh, you know, Memorial Day, maybe we can take an unpaid work day and we can do this and we can do that. And she's out there with, you know, three months worth of vacation. She can yeah. literally take a month off every every two months. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because what people don't understand is that stuff maximizes productivity instead of, like, it doesn't take away from it. When you allow people to have time for themselves and go experience new things, they come back recharged, re-energized, and they work harder instead of working them to the bone and making them feel like they have to, you know, sneak off somewhere or lie to their boss about their kid being sick or something just to take a family right. vacation. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, so how do you think people can overcome some of these fears? So? Well, traveling solo is all, it's a mind thing. Mm -hmm. It's a total mind thing. Um, once you get, I mean, especially in the African-American community, we like to do things in groups. Um, you know, nobody goes to the club or whatever by themselves. Nobody yeah. goes to eat, eat by themselves. Nobody goes to the movies by themselves. I was one of those, I was one of those kids though. I can't even lie. I did a lot of things by myself and oh, I was yeah. just like, that, that uh. weird, <laughs> I was just that weird kid. And you know, it just takes, 
you know, I was walking in, uh, in Athens the first day that I got here and I was by myself. I was coming back from a coffee shop and I was like, man, this is nice. I don't have anybody to answer to. I'm walking down the street. I can go into Zara if I want to. I cannot go into Zara if I want to. I have my own agenda. I set my own schedule. And so I think that solo travel is this huge giant that people sort of um, make up in their mind. And it's, it's, really, it's a really freeing experience knowing that when you're in a foreign country, you have to rely on yourself yeah. and you have to rely on the goodness of other people. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful experience. And until people sort of take that step out of their comfort zone, they will never know what solo travel feels like. I had um, one, one woman write me and she said, you know, I was going to Greece and, um, you know, I think she said somebody backed out on her and she spent the next three or four weeks trying to find somebody to go. She was desperate. She's like, I'll pay for half your trip. I'll do this. I'll do that. And nobody, either nobody had the vacation time or they just weren't trying to go. Mm. And she ended up, I mean, she was literally a couple of days before she was like thinking about canceling the trip. She ended up going on this trip to uh, Santorini by herself. And she said that it changed her life. Wow. You know, for her to be able to rely on herself, for her to be able to do whatever it is that's on her agenda alone and not worry about a group of, you know, four or five other friends and trying to please everybody, she was literally by herself. You know, every year um, I make it a point to take a think week. Um, a think week is what... Um, what uh, Bill Gates took, I think he still takes them every year. Uh, it's a it's a week long um, sort of sabbatical where you go into you can rent an Airbnb in the woods. You can you know I've had a think week in on the beaches of Myanmar and just uh, random places. And I read a lot. I journal a lot. Mm. I read the Bible. I pray. I do all these different things. And and there are no other people involved yeah. <laughs> and I it's challenging for me it's really challenging to be by yourself for that uh, amount of time but when you come out you are just so refreshed you're ready to be poured into and you know in life a lot of things are going to happen to you by yourself that nobody's going to be able to be there for um so you know why not travel why not you know add that one other solo thing to your to your bucket list yeah, and then yeah. You know, finances will always, you know, money will always be a problem. No matter if you're rich, money is still a problem. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you're middle class, money is still a problem. If you're poor, money is still a problem. Money is always a problem. Yep. And if money is always a problem, I mean, you, you can't, if money is always the problem, you, you're going to have to figure out how to move anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so that's what I like to tell people, you know, for me, every month, in addition to my savings account, in addition to some other things that I save up for, I had a travel fund. And every month I would put, or I, every week, I would automatically draft money into my travel fund. Yeah. And I didn't see that money. You know, it's more painful when you have to take money out of your checking account manually than it is if you automatically draft it. Because you don't know when it's gonna come out, you don't know what that money looks like in your account or whatever. Um, and it becomes easier, you know, if you saved, I don't know, less than a hundred dollars a month, I mean, by the end of the year, you'd have enough 
money to buy a plane ticket to almost anywhere in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I mean, and, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 that was all. Well, that, that's what I think, uh, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about next was, you know, so many people, they look at travel, and we've talked about this before, you know, people look at travel as a, sort of like a luxury, you know, and, uh, and something that is um, a, a privilege. And, and it obviously is a privilege, but at the same time, you know, I think I think it's just a mind state when you look at it as something that is a more so a necessity. You know, I need to do this just like you need to, you know, I don't know, pay your bills or you need to because right. travel it, it, it's so important to the your personal development and, you know, the things that you offer, you know, to the world. Like when you go somewhere new, it just adds to that. So, I mean, when it comes to finances and people um, sort of being, you know, uh, uh, scared or, 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 um, or just, just, uh, you know, just, just not willing to, to travel because of finances. I mean, are there any type of tips or tricks on how to travel on a budget, you know, or, or sites that people can go to all of that? I just want to let people know about some of these things. Absolutely. I mean, for me, if I could ride the fellowship train until the wheels fell off, Mm. I would have totally done it. I mean, the loose was so good to us. The the foundation had it's it, it it has a lot. They spend a lot of money on that program every year, and you know it's it's so reassuring to know that money is out there. Money is out there. Yeah. If you have a skill set and you're good at what you do, there you can almost I can almost guarantee that you can find somebody to pay for you to go do whatever it is that you're good at in the context of another culture. Yeah. So one of the um, but remember everybody. Be good at what you do. So work hard at being good yes. at what you do. All right? It's <laughs> not just, you, you can't just be average. <laughs> exactly. You can't just be average. Some of these, you know, the loose program, I, I had to go through, um, I think I had eight interviews in one day. I mean, it was a very, very rigorous uh, selection process, but they do that to find the right people. And the reward, I mean, the benefits and the rewards paid off. I have a book that I recommend to everybody. I read it on my uh uh, senior year, my junior year in college. And that's how I found out about the loose. It's called delaying the real world by Colleen Kinder. Mm. It is about a dollar and 50 cents. I think on Amazon, if you buy it used, that book is chock full of resources on. So let's say you want to house sit somebody's mansion in Peru, or you want to become a hot air balloon operator in Tuscany, or you want to um, do an academic fellowship in Ireland, all of those resources are in that book. So you basically go through, you go through the book and it'll, it sections off the book in, um, uh, by type of uh, experience. So if you want like an adventure experience, if you want an academic one, if you want um, you know, luxury or whatever, then it lists out basically everything that you need to do. So this is who you need to email. This is what the program is about. This is what you can expect, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a really amazing resource that I think everybody should have in their toolkit as a starter. Um, and then on top of that, research. Yeah. I spent almost two months trying to find a program that was the right fit for me. You know, I didn't know anything about Asia and I wasn't really turned on to Asia at all. And that's what the Loose Scholars Program was looking for. They were looking for people who didn't have any sort of ties to Asia whatsoever. 
Um, and now I'm like an Asia freak. Mm. Like you can't even, yeah, like, like you can't put Asia and not put Zim in the same sentence. Wow. Um, <laughs> but in addition to fellowships um, and in addition to uh, saving up your travel fund, I just purchased a round trip ticket from Houston to Bombay, India for $199 on Emirate Airlines what? Uh, last week. And so it's about, I mean, on Travel Noir on our Instagram, we post a lot of these ridiculous flight deals. I, my, my team and I were really maniacal about finding uh, really cool deals because I want to show people that travel isn't as ridiculous as people think. Yeah. It's not going to empty out your wallet. You know, I've, you know, in addition to this $200 ticket to India, you know, I did a $120 ticket to Paris, uh, no, it was Milan, and, and so forth and so on. Last, a couple of days ago, there was a um, $150 flight from Boston to Iceland. Mm -hmm. And so, like, like, a lot of these different uh, tips and tricks are things that we all talk about on uh, TravelNoir.com. We have a really interesting um, uh, series of online events. Uh, so we do video chats with our contributors to the site. Uh, and then we also have uh, Twitter chats, and those happen monthly. But they're all geared at giving the, our, our audience the tools and resources they need to travel better, farther, and cheaper than they've ever imagined. Nice, nice. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Travel Noir in a second. But So when you go to these places like sometimes will it will it just be a situation where you'll see a flight deal and you won't even have any particular plans but you're just like i can't pass up on this price yep and then okay got it so i will just look at that ticket and i'll, I'll <laughs> say oh well egypt was never on the radar but oh, okay this ticket's 75 dollars well i have nothing to lose and it's one of those things where you have to book now think later yeah like yeah. for the emirates for the emirates ticket they, those things were going like hot cakes and i was like well i can't really afford to sit down and be like okay well this is the hotel i want to stay at yeah this is the car i want to rent this is what i want to bring i called a couple of my close friends i mean it was at almost midnight pacific time so it was three in the morning eastern time so a lot of east coasters were sleeping yep. um so i was waking people out of sleep and they were <laughs> sleep talking telling me they didn't care but then the next morning they they really did care and they were upset because the fare was gone but you know it, it's yeah so, so I, I mean uh, yeah yeah when you when you go to these places uh, is it uh do you just have a standard sort of you know okay i definitely know once the flight is booked i gotta get an airbnb or is it you know, maybe you'll do a hotel or is it, does it vary? Um, I typically do Airbnbs mm -hmm. because the value for me is a lot higher. Like I am in a, right now I'm in this really amazing rustic studio. Um, and this thing was $50. Yeah. And so, you know, it, you get that sort of local, um, feel, uh, and you also meet some really, really interesting people. Like I have some friends, I'm, I stayed at an Airbnb for the past couple of days, um, and they're inviting me to stay at their house again and, and I don't have to pay. And wow. so like you, you sort of like forge these friendships and relationships with individuals who you might not have otherwise met through Airbnb. Yeah. But I typically, um, I'll like browse through the Airbnbs once I like book my ticket just to see um, what, you know, what kinds of things to offer. But I, I typically won't do that until way, way, way closer to the date, like three weeks. 
Yeah, because Airbnb is not something that the price doesn't like go up like a hotel if yeah. you book it, you know, or right. a flight if you if you can book it, you know, pretty much whenever, and you know that the price is gonna sort of stay the same. Exactly. Now, okay, so travel noir. Let's let's talk about you know what what was the inspiration behind starting it? Was it just you know I've been to just X amount of countries. I want to get other people involved in this, and 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 also them how about. Do you, do you roughly even know how many places you've been at this point? How many countries? <laughs> I literally have no idea. I, I actually, I, I make it a point not to know. I, I think I have an idea. Like mm-hmm. at, the, at my last count, maybe after India, it was maybe 25. Maybe it's closer to 35, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But for me, it's never really about the number count. Um, it's, it's all about getting to know a particular destination or getting to know a particular culture. Cause there've been countries that I've been to where I've just been there for a layover. Yep, and yep. if you step out the airport, that's, that, that's a passport stamp, yep. <laughs> you know? And so it's, it, for me, it's really about being able to experience, um, experience a culture. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so, so travel in the war. So you started it and did it, did it start as just a, an Instagram page or no no, no. Okay. Actually, so so you know when I was living in India and uh, traveling in Asia I didn't see anybody who looked like me and and you know at the same time I I would tell my friends hey I just booked an eight dollar flight from uh, Bangalore to uh, Kuala Lumpur Indonesia I, I'm sorry Malaysia and they would be like, are you flying with chickens? Or how, <laughs> how, is, a, how is a flight that cheap? And I'm like, no, that's like, it's standard. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was when I came home that I started to do more research. And even though the market is so big, so African-Americans, African-Americans, not even people of the African diaspora, but African-Americans spend $46 billion every year on travel in the U.S. alone. And now, now that's, that's traveling within the U.S.? Within the U.S. Wow. Only in the U.S. Wow. And nobody's tapping into that market. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. That's a lot of family reunions and, yeah. you know, exactly. uh, graduations exactly. and all that and, stuff. And, um, you know, brands started to believe that stereotype that African-Americans didn't travel farther than the Caribbean islands. It was just like your Miamis, your Vegas, uh, Atlanta, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, once I started the blog, so it's, it started out as travelnoir.com, this platform. Um, we started out with, I think, 15 curators. Now it's grown to 115. Wow. And um, our curators live all over the world and are just so passionate about travel and helping other people experience travel through their eyes. Like my goal travelnoir.com is when you're reading a story you actually feel like you're there yeah and um you know funny story about the instagram when i um when i first opened the account and i was searching on instagram i was like all right where do i start black travelers okay (laughs) two pictures okay cool (laughs) um i'm black i travel one picture like i went through all of these hashtags and there was literally nothing (laughs) there was nothing and you know i got discouraged i was like i mean maybe we're not out here like that um and things started to grow and they started to grow really really fast and you know it's 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 all about validation in the end 
when you see somebody who looks like you doing something that you never thought you could do, that thing becomes possible. And so if I'm showing you you in Iceland or I'm showing you you in Senegal or you in Egypt or India or Bhutan or the Philippines, you start to see yourself in those places. And that $1,000 ticket or that $1,000 trip you're going to take to Miami for the third time in the past <laughs> five years exactly. now becomes a trip to Morocco where you're able to stretch your dollar farther. And so what that's done for brands um, is that sort of unlocked the, it's, it's opened the doors. How can we engage this community in an authentic way that really speaks to this community, but also uh, to our brand as well? And so brands will approach us and we'll craft certain campaigns and different things like that. Uh, that will excite our audience and will bring, you know, in the end, greater trust, greater loyalty, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm just looking at just the hashtag alone right now. And it's it's over 35,000 posts with that uh, with the Travel Noir hashtag. That's insane. Wow. Yeah, no, it's crazy. We, um, you know, over the summer, we made a really uh, we made a concerted effort to get our um our numbers up because you know at the start of the summer we were probably at about 5,000 unique visitors a month and today we're doing at about 35,000 unique visitors a month and um, so it really was this this very targeted effort to make sure that our stories were being read that they were being seen all over the internet and um, yeah so it's 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 the growth has been incredible but I think that What's been even more incredible is seeing individuals who have taken their first trip at Storytime. There's a yeah. girl named uh, Sierra. I got to shout her out because she's, she's written me on more than one occasion. She's 18 years old, just graduated from high school um, earlier this year, and decided that she was going to skip the first year of college and move to Ecuador. And this girl, Sierra, six months ago didn't have a passport. And she started following Travel Noir. She started to see people who looked like her in these really interesting places. And she started to see herself in those people who were in really interesting places. She went to TravelNoir.com. She read up on stories. She read up on resources. She followed her hangouts. She followed her Twitter chats and decided to sign on with a, a gap year program. And she'll be living in Ecuador for a year. This is an 18-year-old girl who didn't even have a passport wow. you know and for her to be taking not only taking her first international trip but it's her first internet she's living abroad that for her first trip um that always just like blows my mind yeah um, yeah so. i mean that that lets you know you know that what you're doing is impacting people's lives and 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 that will go on to impact other people's lives and you know it's just it, it's it it's motivation it's definitely motivation to just continue Absolutely. wow Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so tell, you know, being a, a traveler is one thing, but also, you know, talk to me a little bit about entrepreneurship and, uh, and what are some of the things that you've learned by being a traveling entrepreneur, you know, because so many people, it's already hard enough to be an entrepreneur and just like getting things off the ground, you know, for your business and, and, and for the, the, the service you provide. Uh, in one place, you know, and, uh, and, and, and managing a team in one place. But talk a little bit about how you have to manage a team of, you know, 
a bunch of people all over the world. I mean, and yeah. and, and then at the same time doing this while traveling all the time. You know, how how, yeah. how do you work all this stuff out? You know, it, it, it's definitely a, a challenge. One of the ways that I minimized risk, uh, at least in the beginning, was I, I launched Travel Noir while I was still working a full-time job. Hmm. Um, I wanted to see if it had legs. And, you know, eight months later, it had you know, 25 legs. And I was like, okay, I know this is going to work. So I, you know, I sort of phased out of my, my job and having a remote team isn't easy by far, but having a motivated remote team is even better. Um, and it gives people, it gives individuals the freedom to live their lives. You know, we have, um, about 17 people on the team, um, and they live everywhere. Um, and they all do different things for the company. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I've learned about myself that I can only travel so much, right? If I'm, if I'm at an Airbnb and I'm being hosted by people mm-hmm. or I'm seeing friends, I have to entertain those friends. And if I'm entertaining those friends, I can't do the work that I need to do. Yeah. Um, so it's like that fine line of being able to balance the work that you have to do at the same time as being, you know, social. When I'm back home in San Francisco, none of my friends see me because I'm always locked up somewhere <laughs> doing work. Yep. And, you know, it's 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 definitely not the glamorous side of business, but it's the side that gets things done. And, you know, people look at my profile and they see that I've been to all these places and then I'm traveling. What they don't see are the long hours and, oh, and yeah. the, the days that I don't leave my house. If I don't leave my house like four days at a time because I'm working so much. Like th- these are the things that, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to be able to sacrifice. You have to be able to give up. Yep. And uh, so, I mean, Jabari, you know, you know this all too well. It's, it's just the hustle that comes with the job you know you want the life of freedom you're gonna have to work for it oh absolutely absolutely i mean people uh, i mean it's it's uh i i i don't really have a social life but luckily the work Lies. that i do no no, no, no. i, I mean it, <laughs> no, no, no it's i mean the work that i do is social so let's say you know what i mean that's that's pretty much but i don't really i mean i hang out with my friends occasionally but well it's it's weird because my friends I work with my friends, you know, so it's like, yeah. even if we're hanging out, something's getting done, you know, we're, yeah. we're plotting and scheming or, you know, designing something. And like, that's just, you know, that's, that's just the, so even, I don't know, it, it's weird because on the one hand, my life feels a lot like, uh, I'm never, I'm never working, but I'm always working, but I love the stuff that I do. So it doesn't feel like work. So, you know what I mean? So it's just, right. that's what, right. that's what it is. But, uh. But then, you know, you like, I mean, the other day I was like in D.C. and I was just doing accounting for like two days straight. And like that was <laughs> whack. Like, I was I was trying to party, but I couldn't. So but uh, OK, so, you know, um, so where do you want the future of Travel Noir to 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 go? You know, what, what are you hoping that hoping that this becomes? Oh, we've got some exciting things on the horizon. We have a product launch on November 5th. Um, oh yeah, I saw I the uh, teaser video for that. About. It looked good. Yeah, so I'm super, super excited about that. And we have actually a couple, uh, a couple other products rolling out through 2015 that are really exciting as well. We're keeping everything on the hush. Of everything is, is stealth, but 
I can guarantee that, you know, this is something that the people have been asking for, that they've been wanting. Um, and all in all, you know, I am really excited to work with brands who want to sort of amplify not only their message, but the message that aligns with, you know, our message. And I think that at the end of the day, Travel Noir is going to be more than travel. It's, it's going to be about living unconventionally, right? You know, when I grew up and when I was living in, in uh, North Carolina, I heard a lot of black people can't do that. Yeah. Or a lot of black people can't do this. And, you know, who's to say that you, who's to say that you can't do anything? Yeah. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, Travel Noir, we're, we're, we're going for world domination. <laughs> so this is one of the things that I've learned as an entrepreneur. Um, just because big brands are hitting you up doesn't mean that you have to work with them. You mm. know, I think that if, if whatever that large brand is trying to do, if it's not in alignment with what you're doing, you could end up sabotaging your entire brand. Yes. Um, and I've, you know, I'm very, very picky about what goes in front of uh, our audience because I think that our audience deserves the absolute best. And if you're a brand, I don't, you know, if you're a large brand, if you're a huge conglomerate, if you're, if you're presenting yourself to us in a way that does not align with our values or align with our beliefs, then, you know, we're not going to work with you. And, and that doesn't mean that we're not going to work with you forever, just not now and with that idea that you have. And so, you know, that's one thing that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they get excited when large brands start to see them and they start to, you know, notice, notice the brands, yep. but that isn't always a, a good thing. So make sure that you are, you know, what your gives and your gets are with the relationship and that every side wins because if it's not a win, 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 then it's not a win. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that uh, a lot of, a lot of budding entrepreneurs who are sort of in that second phase of, whatever it is that they're doing, you know, when you start to see that stuff happen, yeah, it's exciting, but you just can't take every opportunity because it might not be a good one. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Well, Zim, thank you so much for, for being on here. And uh, as you guys know, if you're enjoying these podcasts, if you like this and you want more, go to patreon.com slash Jabari and you guys can leave as little as a $1 tip so we can keep the podcast going. Zim, please let everybody know where they can follow Travel Noir at and get all the latest information on what you guys have going on. Yeah, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is at Travel Noir. YouTube is The Travel Noir and TravelNoir.com. Uh, for me, I am Zimism, Z-I-M-I-S-M on all social networks uh, and Zimism.com. Nice, nice. I'm very excited to this product launch. And you guys will be seeing many more things from Travel Noir and I. That's and right. And all this stuff. So just, just stay tuned. Stay posted. All right. <laughs> all right cool, Zim. All right. <laughs>